Welcome to the Dynasty Defined Podcast, a podcast discussing what's going on with the greatest dynasty in sports, the Oklahoma State Wrestling Program. I'm your host, Lee Cawthorn, and today we're going to discuss the upcoming duel this weekend between the number two Oklahoma State Cowboys as they travel to Minneapolis, Minnesota to take on the number 16 Minnesota Golden Gophers. The series dates back to the year 2000 when vaunted Oklahoma State alumnus Jay Robinson was the head coach at the Minnesota program. And the Cowboys hold an overall series lead in this dual series of 14 wins to 10 losses. Minnesota is one of the more storied programs in the sport. Certainly, they've pumped out a lot of great wrestlers and MMA fighters, uh, similar to Oklahoma State over the years. Um, not quite on the same level as in Iowa or, or Penn State or even Oklahoma, but still certainly one of the more respected programs in the sport. They've fallen on a little bit of hard times over the past few years after a scandal led to the resignation of Jay Robinson. Um, but uh, they're building themselves back up into a respected Big Ten program up there in Minneapolis. The Pokes do hold a five-match winning streak over the Gophers dating back to 2015. And on the road, the Pokes are 8-4 and all-time in this matchup. So it's always an interesting duel, uh, mostly because Minneapolis always has a couple of really solid wrestlers in their lineup. A couple of years ago, they had a really solid bottom half of their roster with guys like Sean Russell Ethan Lezak, Mitch McKee, um, Steve Blees at 157 pounds. They were uh, really a, a team that you could rely on to, to be a contender at uh, NCAAs year in and year out. I believe when the tournament was in Oklahoma City in 2014, um, they came in second or in third place behind uh, Oklahoma State and. Um, Penn State, of course, uh, they had they've they've just always got good wrestlers. They're always a really solid program, so <clears throat> it's exciting to see them continue that tradition here. They've they've got one of the best wrestlers in the country in Gable Stevenson at heavyweight, and then they'll um, fill in with some guys in here that we'll talk about that uh, just solid all around, right? They always put out a good product, and it's always exciting to go out and wrestle. Minnesota. So hopefully this series stays alive even as they move forward with uh, new blood in their program. So um, with that, we'll get into predictions and what the lineup's going to look like for both teams and uh, try to put together a little bit of a whiteboard here for you to uh, have an understanding of what might happen going into the weekend. We'll start at 125 pounds where we're expecting Trevor Master Giovanni to take on the redshirt junior out of St. Michael, Minnesota, Patrick McKee. Patrick McKee is the number five rated wrestler in the country uh, at in that in the 125 pound weight class, and Trevor's number 19. Uh, McKee was a third place finisher in 2021, uh, two time qualifier, just a really really solid wrestler. Uh, so it's a big test for Trevor as he takes the mat against uh, uh, an experienced and a very uh, solid opponent. So um, what do we want to see out of Trevor in this one? We want to see him, uh, of course, get on the mat, 
right? We want to see him uh, get to McKee's legs, be aggressive, try to uh, get a takedown early, and then build up that riding time and establish himself the way he was in high school, where he's a, a really dominant top wrestler and defensive wrestler that we uh, that we expected him to be coming into this season. Um, that is really going to be the key for Trevor to pull the upset in this match is to force McKee to wrestle his match. Uh, don't make mistakes and um, uh, let the let the match come to you. Uh, McKee, though, um, he, he's going to be obviously doing similar things. He's not going to make mistakes. Uh, that's what you get out of Minnesota wrestlers usually, especially these top-rated ones. They, they are smart wrestlers. They're guys that are going to um, not make too many mistakes. They're going to try to force you into their match as well. So this first period probably is going to look like they're going to feel each other out. And then um, it might come down to who can get an escape and who can get a takedown in the third period. So uh, it should be an interesting one. I think it's going to be closer than uh, the rankings bear it out to be. But I would probably expect McKee to take this one with his experience. So it's probably going to be a decision for McKee, which is going to put the Gophers up early three to nothing over the Pokes. Um, at 133 pounds, Dayton Fix is going to take on either Jake Gleva, a redshirt junior out of Intergrove Heights, Minnesota, or Vance Von Bauer, a freshman out of Greeley, Colorado. Jake's rated number 33 in the country, and Vance is unrated. And this one, regardless of who the Golden Gophers throw out there, it's an opportunity for Dayton Fix to go out and uh, show that he can go get bonus points. He didn't do that at Stanford, and it's something that we really need him to do here moving forward in the season, uh, especially against a true freshman in Vance von Bauer. Jake Gliva, a little bit more experienced wrestler. He's in his fourth year in the program. He's somebody that uh, maybe, you know, they're going to throw out there to say, hey, don't get majored or don't get pinned, right? Um, at Dayton, hopefully we see him get to his offense, uh, get out of the bottom position if he's put in that position, at any point in the match, and then uh, you know, don't allow any takedowns, and then just be aggressive, and hopefully work a turn here or there, pick up a tech fall, pick up a fall. That'd be ultimate. But uh, really expect Dayton to at least pick up a major decision here, which would put the pokes up four to three in the duel. At 141 pounds, we've gotten a little bit of news this week for the Cowboys lineup. Um, at left leg lead asked me on Twitter, um, will Hone wrestle this year and Carter Young redshirt or because Carter Young dominated in the rankings match, will he start? So a big shout out to Adam Engel, who was on the ground there in Stillwater for ranking matches this week. He reported that uh, Carter Young really kind of beat up on Dusty Hone in ranking matches this year. 
There's also some rumors that Dusty was a little bit dehydrated, um, a little bit tired going into ranking matches. So you you never know what's going on with these guys, but ranking matches are in ranking matches. And uh, if if Carter beat Dusty handily, then you have to think that he's going to be the guy moving forward. So um Carter made the trip to Palo Alto, so they're expecting to wrestle him this season. I don't think that they're going to necessarily keep that red shirt on him or try to keep that red shirt on him. I think that Coach Smith is going to try to put the best guys in the lineup and get them that experience and um, make them prove it, right? So I think that Carter Young is probably going to get the start here in Minnesota against uh, redshirt senior Jake Berglund from Hugo, Minnesota, or redshirt sophomore Marcos Polanco out of West Covine, California. Um, this is an exciting one, right? Like it, Carter Young had a great summer. We're really excited to see him go. Uh, We're excited to watch him wrestle for the Pokes. He's cleared by the NCAA. All that stuff's out of the way. Uh, Willie Saylor reported that the hangup was really just a miscommunication between Northwestern and Oklahoma State's compliance departments. There wasn't a a blockage from the Northwestern side there, so no harm, no foul. It just sounded like some bad paperwork. He was cleared to go last week against Stanford. They rolled with Dusty. Anyway, and and that worked out. Dusty picked up the major decision. Um, And I think here in this match, Dusty would do the same. I think he would go out and pick up a major decision against Berglund or Polanco. I don't think either of those wrestlers are necessarily on the same level as either Dusty Hone or Carter Young. So would fully expect to to see some good... uh, wrestling there from the pokes uh either way so carter young hopefully we see him go um because he is the future of the program at 141 right he's going to be the guy moving forward so uh he's he's got all the accolades he is an exciting wrestler an exciting uh um representative for the cowboys so if we see him then we'll likely see in his first match as a varsity wrestler, a decision, it would be my guess. Um, so that's going to put the pokes up seven to three going into the 149 pound match, which again, a lot of questions came up this week. Are we going to see one of the freshmen take over for Caden Gefeller? Uh, in the answer, based on the reports coming out of ranking matches is no, uh, Caden Gefeller is the guy moving forward. So I said it in the last podcast and uh, I'll say it again. Uh, G has really worked himself out of a hole here and he's put himself in a position to be the guy at 149 pounds. He's proven something to the coaches that they're giving him this opportunity and they're going to let him run with it. Um, I think that it's the smart move. I think redshirting Voinovich and Master Giovanni is certainly the way to go. You've got some more depth filling into the lineup in those weights here over the next couple of years. So you really want to see guys work themselves out between 149 and 165. So getting those guys the red shirt, letting them go wrestle in open tournaments and participate in 
the room and grow and, and get acclimated to college is, is really going to be the play, in my opinion. Uh, and allow Gefeller, unless he really screws up or he just isn't getting the job done, uh, to, to go out and earn a qualification for the NCAA tournament. I think he can certainly do it. He ran into a bit of a buzzsaw last week with Jaden Abbas. Um, that guy's a really solid wrestler. I don't really think it's fair to judge G based off of that one match, especially when it was his first match back and he had pulled down quite a bit of weight to get to 149 pounds. So we'll see him this week against number 26, Michael Blockhouse from Cresco, Iowa. Uh, Blockhouse is a transfer from Northern Iowa. We've seen him before. Uh, he's a really solid wrestler. He's a two-time qualifier. He has wins over guys like Yaya Thomas from Northwestern who beat Bulu Allen in the NCAA tournament last year. He's also beaten Clay Carlson from South Dakota State, Bo Bartlett from Penn State. He's uh, really good, right? So Michael Blockhouse is a guy that is going to give G another test. Uh, G's rated number 22 in the country as well. So I think that we're going to see a different G this week. He... Um, underperformed in the Stanford duel. He didn't really look that good. He looked tired. He looked slow. Uh, But having a a week now where he's on weight, he's uh, hydrated, he's eating right, he's acclimating, um, I think we're going to see something different from him. And we should see the G that we saw his freshman year where he really just let things fly, uh, worked that inside trip, um, worked throws and, and tries to make something happen. So I, I'm going to pick G to win this one. I think it's going to be a really close match, though. So it's a toss-up. It could go either way. I am going to pick G, though, in the Pokes taking a 10-3 lead going into 157 pounds. For the Pokes listed, number 14, Wyatt Sheets or Jalen Harper. Against number 5, Brayton Lee, a redshirt junior from Brownsburg, Indiana. So why list... White Sheets or Jalen Harper? That's a that's a question that I think we're going to see all year. I think you need to put Wyatt on a pitch count. Uh, his he had knee surgery last year. He's had some injury problems over his career. He's a guy that uh, you know when he's on, he's very special. But when he's banged up. He tends to shell up. So I think that Wyatt, um, it's probably smart to have a backup there just in case. However, I do think we'll see him wrestle against Brayton Lee on Saturday, mainly because Brayton, this is he's, he's the number five rated wrestler in the country. He's really, really solid. He's the returning sixth place finisher uh, at the 157-pound weight class to Wyatt who was uh, the eighth place finisher. So I think that uh, he's, they're close. And this is the kind of match that Wyatt needs on his resume when the seating committee gets together in March and they're trying to figure out where are they going to place these guys. So if Wyatt can go out and pick up a win, you know, that's awesome. That's a, that's a really solid win for Wyatt. And it's an opportunity for him to say, hey, I belong in the top 10 of the weight class. I belong to be seated in the top 10. I belong to uh, get a better road to the All-American status. As a uh, as my senior year at Oklahoma State, I've been in the lineup for a couple of years. I've qualified every year. I'm an All-American. So I think that Wyatt really needs this match to go out and show 
I'm here. I'm not a fluke. My All-American finish last year wasn't a fluke. Um, I did it on one knee. My knee's healthy now. I can win this thing. Um, I think that as we go through the season, we'll see Jalen Harper more. But I really do think that in this match, we're going to see Wyatt Sheets. Um, All that said, uh, I do think that it'd probably be safe for me to pick Brayton Lee in this match by a decision. Uh, And that's just because Lee is... (laughs) They're similar wrestlers, right? He and Wyatt are very similar. When... Wyatt faces up against guys like Brayton Lee or or David Carr or um, um, oh Ryan Deacon. He he tends to get put off by their defense and their heavy hands. I I don't know if 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 Wyatt's gonna necessarily be able to get to Brayton Lee's legs and finish takedowns. So I would expect Lee to finish a close one there. It's probably going to be similar to that 125 um, matchup where, you know, each guy gets an escape and then it comes down to who gets the takedown in the third period, right? So I think I'm going to pick Brayton Lee there um, not to slight Wyatt Sheets at all. I, I think Wyatt is awesome, and I, I think he's a great wrestler. But uh, if we're if we're putting money on this thing, I, I really would probably say that it's going to go Lee's way, um, which would make the dual score ten to six in favor of the Pokes going into the upper half of the weight classes. So at 165 pounds, you have number six, Travis Whitlake, taking on number 21, Andrew Sparks, a redshirt freshman from Costa Mesa, California. Um, this one, I think we'll see Travis back, uh, back with a mission against the redshirt freshman after his loss last week to Shane Griffith. Um, again, that match very well could be the NCAA Finals, right? So I don't think that... Uh, that loss is is an indicator that Travis has taken a step back or anything like that. I think that uh, what we need to see out of Travis, though, is a uh, response here to that loss and goes show, okay, I'm a junior at Oklahoma State. I'm a leader on this team. I need to go get bonus points. It's a close duel right now. I need to go win this thing big for my team. So wouldn't be surprised at all to see Whitlake take this one, at least in a major decision. Hopefully he can finish off a tech fall or a pin even uh, in this match. But I'm going to pick a major decision for Whitlake, which will be 14 to 6 for the Pokes going into 174 pounds. And this is really where we start to see things take off for the Pokes, right? We saw it last week against Stanford. Everybody scored bonus points except for Dustin Plott. It was uh, kind of a routine just domination in the upper weights, which is really exciting because if you were looking at the lineup two years ago, you couldn't necessarily make these predictions. Of course, the recruiting class ended up being really stellar that pulled in Dustin Plott and AJ Ferrari, which completely changed the conversation. And it looks like it's going to change the conversation at heavyweight as well, but we'll talk about that as we get to it. At 174 pounds, you've got number 15, Dustin Plott, taking on number 23, Jared Kratiger a redshirt junior from Waterford, Wisconsin. Kratiger 
transferred from Wisconsin. This is his first year at Minnesota, and it's his third year as a starter uh, in college wrestling. <clears throat> He's never qualified for NCAAs and uh, really doesn't have a lot of good wins under his belt. He hasn't been very impressive in his career thus far, which is probably why he transferred to Minnesota. Um, I don't know necessarily what's going on in that Wisconsin room, but you know, for them, if you've got a two-year starter there that's never qualified the weight, that's uh, it's not a very good showing. They may have recruited over him, uh, but for him to then go earn the starting spot at Minnesota, he must be decent, but he just hasn't ever put that on paper. For Dustin, he didn't really have a good showing on uh, Saturday last week against Stanford. I don't know what's going on with Dustin. Of course, uh, it could have just been, you know, hey, bad match. Right? It happens. Uh, I don't perform 100% at my job every day. So why would I expect these guys to do it too? So uh, Dustin, uh, he picked up the win, even though it was a little bit ugly. Uh, I'm sure that he wasn't happy with himself though. I know the coaches weren't necessarily happy with him in that performance. And I'm sure we'll see him uh, come out and be a little bit more fired up to take on the Golden Gophers this week. So I'm going to pick Plot to join his teammates here and get a major decision, which is going to put the pokes up 18 to six going into 184 pounds, which is number seven, Dakota gear against number 27, Isaiah Salazar, a red shirt freshman from Greeley, Colorado. Um, this is a similar thing, right? Dakota last week, he was matched up against an, uh, undermatched wrestler, somebody that just, wasn't ready to take on Dakota gear. And I think that Dakota's a man on a mission this season. It's his last year wearing the singlet. I think he really wants to prove and submit his legacy here at Oklahoma state as a three-time all American, which is great, right? Even in the history of Oklahoma state wrestling, there really aren't that many three-time all Americans. Um, There are a lot of two-time All-Americans. There are a lot of two-time national champions. There are a lot of guys who have uh, gone on and wrestled quite uh, elaborate careers. But uh, three-time All-American really isn't that common. So for Dakota Gear to to finish up at Oklahoma State after his transfer from Edinburgh as a three-time All-American would be a very, very special uh, career for him. So he looked great against Stanford. Uh, wrestled aggressively, uh, got the guy to his back, started cutting him, racked up riding time, just looked like a, a really... He, he kind of made the guy give up. He embarrassed him a bit there. So uh, I would expect to see him do the same thing here. I'm going to pick a major decision, but I think we could see more from Dakota, especially if he starts to let it rip a little bit, starts going for throws um, against the redshirt freshman. So... Wouldn't be surprised to see him pick up a, uh, a fall in this match, but we'll pick a major decision for Dakota, which will put the pokes up 22-6, to six, um, which would lock up the duel for Oklahoma State moving forward. So, um, you know, it's funny. In 2019 in Pittsburgh at the NCAA Championships, I was talking to our... Uh, now athletic director director Chad Weiberg about uh, 
um, wrestling and dedication to the sport and crowds and things like that. And Chad mentioned something that I, I find pretty interesting. He, he said that um, Oklahoma State's a little bit of a victim of their own success in duels. We dominate in duels and it's not really close and if you go look at our record over the past several years in dual matchups they're they have they're not undefeated they haven't won all of them they've lost at home to missouri and so on and so forth right but for the most part it's been pretty much just routine going out methodically beating their opponent pretty soundly with three or four matches left. And while that's awesome, that's really good for Oklahoma State, it's it's not necessarily great for getting fans in the stands, right? So uh, I, I found that interesting. It's something that we'll discuss later on in as the program goes on. Hopefully I have somebody who's a little bit more knowledgeable about that kind of stuff to come on and talk to, talk about this with me. But uh, it's, it's an interesting take that... Uh, We'll see here, and 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 maybe it's something that it can that uh, you know we need to play around with the way that duels are wrestled so that they're closer and a little bit more exciting. But not to say I don't want OSU to dominate these things because I definitely want that to continue moving forward. Uh, so the post will have it locked up going into 197 pounds, which is of course number one, Mister. Fast Twitch AJ Ferrari uh, taking on Michael Foy, who is a graduate senior from Crete, Illinois. Um, he transferred in from Harper College to Minnesota. He's been in the program a few years, and he's he's never cracked the lineup before. So this is going to be his first time starting for the Golden Gophers. Um, and, uh, you know, AJ, kind of like last week, he, he took on a, a wrestler that uh, – was solid, had a lot of experience, and and really just kind of worked him, right? So would expect AJ to do that again. I think we're going to see it all year from AJ. Um, He's stronger. He's faster. He's more experienced. And uh, I think he's here to put on a show, right? Um, That's a... uh, that's something that we're all excited to continue to watch, and 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 hopefully uh, AJ, you know, gives us a show here on Saturday night. With uh, I'm going to project a tech fall over Foy, so that's going to put the pokes up 27 to six, and that's going to go into heavyweight on the on the lineup. You know, last week true fre- or I'm sorry, redshirt freshman Luke Serber uh, got the start over Austin Harris, and uh, on the lineup card this week, it's Serber or Harris again, taking on number one, Gable Steveson, the senior from Apple Valley, Minnesota, who's the returning national champion, returning Olympic gold medalist, uh, returning world champion, all, all the accolades, right, for Gable Steveson. Um, he's uh, a special talent. He's got a contract with the WWE. He's uh, getting... Um, I think there's rumors out there that he may be the highest paid uh, college athlete in the country with this new NLI stuff. So, uh, our NIL 
stuff. Name, image, likeness. So with the new NIL stuff, they're saying Gable's making over a million dollars this year uh, in um, contracts. So pretty impressive stuff. I... Talked about this a lot, about, you know, don't let your opponent beat you before you step on the mat. And I think that holds true for our athletes, Luke Serber and Austin Harris. I don't want our coaches to roll one guy out there to save the other's confidence, right? I don't think that it's healthy. I don't think that it's good for anybody's confidence to do that kind of thing. So... I don't. I, I do think we're going to see Luke Serber here uh, take on Gable Stevenson. I do think that he's going to be overmatched. Uh, Gable is. He weighs every bit of 260 pounds. Uh, Serber probably weighs 230 on a good day. Um, I, he, that's uh, that's quite a bit of weight to give up. And then Stevenson's also fast. He's strong. He's agile. He does all these things that are just really. Um, he's a special talent at that weight class, right? And Serber, as good as I think Luke Serber is, and he went out and he proved it against a really good wrestler last week uh, that he can he can put up points, right? And he's fast and he's strong and he's all these things. I just, Gable's on a different level. So I don't necessarily see Serber pulling an upset here, Um I, I don't even know if he'll be able to keep it within a decision. I, I'd imagine that Gable will probably pick up a major. Um, Gable kind of put it to Derek White when they wrestled a couple years ago. I I just, as much as I hate to do this, I am going to pick Gable to pick up a major and uh, make the score a little bit respectable there at the Pokes picking up the duel win 27-10. to 10. So um, <clears throat> that's a, it's going to be a good wrestling night there in Minneapolis. I do think that the uh, Cowboys ha- are going to roll with it uh, overall with dropping only three matches. Um, but uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be fun to watch. It's on the Big Ten Network. Uh, so make sure to figure out where that is with your cable provider. Shane Sparks is on the call. He's one of the best in the business at calling uh, these matches for wrestling matches for ESPN. He's been a really solid sideline reporter for ESPN Plus as well. He's been on the crew with Brandon Whedon and them. So um, hopefully we uh, have a good time on Saturday night. I, I encourage you to uh, uh, at least split screen the wrestling duel with uh, the football game, right? So uh, just a fun old Oklahoma State night uh, here this Saturday. Order some pizza or cook some barbecue or something. It'll be a good one. Um I do have one question uh, from Kelsey Marsh, who sent it in to me uh, via email. So I'm going to read this here for you from Kelsey. Hey, Lee. First, I've really enjoyed listening to the podcast. Thank you, and please keep up the great work. Thank you, Kelsey. Really appreciate the kind words. I don't know if you've already recorded your preview podcast yet, so I apologize if this question is late. Adam Engel posted the projected starters for this weekend on Twitter. There was one thing that stood out to me, and I would like to hear your thoughts on it. It looks like each of Minnesota's starters 
with the exception of Steveson, already have four matches under their belt this year. It seems like sometimes wrestlers take a few matches to get into a groove and that the Minnesota wrestlers might have a head start in that regard. Do you think that could factor into their favor in some of these matches? Thanks again, Kelsey Marsh. Uh, yeah, Kelsey, I, I definitely think that does uh, hold some credence there. The Minnesota went to um, North Dakota State and wrestled in the Bison Open with the Dakota schools. I think South Dakota, South Dakota State, North Dakota, and Minnesota all wrestled there in uh, a bit of a kind of like the Cowboy Challenge last year in a preseason tournament. Um, there were some guys there that I do think are going to be able to, to – they warmed up against some really quality opponents, right? Um, uh, Blockhouse from – and at 149 pounds, got to wrestle Clay Carlton from South Dakota State. Um, um, Brayton Lee picked up a win over a top 10 per- opponent, Jared Frannick, who's a, the 157-pounder at North Dakota State. So these are guys that our guys are going to be seeing later on as Big 12s move through, whether it's in the tournament or in, in the season. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I certainly think it's an advantage, but at the same time, um, I think it's okay to slow it into the season, right? Like, I don't want guys to wear out. I think it's better to wait and peak later in the season to do tournaments like we're doing the Southern Scuffle on New Year's Day. I think that doing another, like, last chance open in February is usually a good way to get guys matches but ultimately yeah being on the mat is a huge help and uh, seeing guys that you don't see every day um, getting an opportunity to to just go out and wrestle I do think it's a huge benefit and I would like to see our guys wrestle more and I think that's important for like uh, this weekend some of our red shirts and, and the rest of our roster are going to the Lindenwood Open um, they went to uh a tournament, the Viking Open last weekend. So I, I think that, um, yeah, that it's it's good to get on the mat. I think that taking time off and only training or only practicing is a bit of a detriment. So um, I do think it's an advantage in, in some of these matches. I, it could be an advantage at 149 and 157. Those should be close matchups. And uh, if Blockhouse and um, Lee just have a little bit more seasoning on them over G and sheets, then yeah, it could be the difference between win and loss there. So I think that's a great point and a great question, Kelsey. So we'll see how it plays out and uh, we'll discuss it again on Tuesday. And with that, that's all for this week, folks. Uh, Again, tune into the match on Saturday night on the Big Ten Network. Uh, Please ask questions. You can email me lcothran20 at gmail.com you can ask me questions on twitter at lee cothran uh, just search dynasty defined on there and you can ask those questions i'll tweet out links to leave voicemails um again this thing really only succeeds if you interact with me so i need your questions i need your feedback i need y'all to tell me what am i screwing up what am i doing right how can i continue to get better at this thing as we go on through the season 
Uh, I apologize for the inconsistent schedule here this week. It's been a, a wild one, so uh, next week we'll get back to normal on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I'll make sure to record. I know next Thursday is Thanksgiving, but I'll have an episode for you so you can pop in your AirPods and uh, tune out your family to listen to the my sultry uh, voice here. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I'm really I'm really appreciating all the feedback I've been getting so far, and, and really look forward to continue doing this for you. Thanks to all the folks who have helped me out along the way. And thanks to all of you who are listening. And uh, go Pokes this weekend, and we'll talk to you on Tuesday.